Welcome to season one, episode six of the Recruitment Startup Subject, a podcast fixated on understanding the questions around what it takes to launch and run your own recruitment agency. Now, within this series, we're talking to entrepreneurial recruiters who have started their own agencies as we really look to understand what finally made them make the leap, focusing on everything from the practicalities and the journey they went on to get to where they are now, to the challenges that they faced and the hurdles that they had to overcome and the journey they've been on really in the hope of understanding a more about them and their very unique journey and b giving recruiters out there who might just might be listening to this today toying with the idea of starting their own agency an insight into what it really takes to start and run your own agency in today's market and today we're joined by matt nicholson founder and md of impactive it You often hear banded around the idea that part of what pulls a recruiter to start their own agency is the desire and need in some ways to do recruitment differently, which in real terms we all know is all about having the freedom and autonomy associated with running your own agency that then as a product of that allows you to offer a service that we just so happen to call recruitment in a way you see fit working alongside the values and morals you hold dear and having the joy associated with building a business in that way and I suppose that's exactly what Matt has set out to do and has successfully done since starting Impactive IT. The conversation you'll hear next is with a mature, focused, headstrong, humble and incredibly self-aware recruitment business owner who took the leap and the risk of starting their own agency and has really not looked back since. I I think this is an episode for any recruiter who has thought more than once about the idea of starting their own agency and who is perhaps waiting for that final catalyst that will pull them into exploring what it really means to start and run and create a business in their own vision. And who knows, perhaps this episode is that final catalyst. But enough from me, let's welcome Matt Nicholson to the episode six of the Recruitment Startup Subject. Hi there, Matt, you okay? Not too bad, thank you, Max. How are you? Yes, yeah, very well. Thank you very well. Look, thank you very much for, for coming on. Funnily enough, I know you and I have spoken so many times about coming on, so it's good to obviously get you on. I guess for, for people who don't know much about yourself, can you just introduce yourself and then we can maybe go from there? Yeah, of course, yeah. So my name's uh, Matt Nicholson. So I'm, as you're probably aware, the founder and managing director of Impactive IT. Um, I've been doing IT recruitment now for near on seven years um as probably most recruiters will understand it's uh, every day or week recruitment's like a year in everyone else's life so it feels yeah. like i've been doing it for god knows how many years but now so i've um, recently found out this organization um I'm, as you can tell from my angelic accent i'm a, a yorkshire lad um yorkshire i'm very proud <laughs> uh, but now for me for people who don't know me i'm a I always struggle to kind of explain a bit who I am when you're talking about me. Mm-hmm. I can sell it anyone else or talk about anyone else, but for me, it's more of a, as I always like to say, especially in, well, any football fans out there, obviously I know me and you are big Liverpool fans, is when Jurgen Klopp introduced himself, you've got Reno's the special one, Moyes is the chosen one, Klopp's the normal one. <laughs> that is, yeah. in essence, who I am. I'm pretty outgoing, so... So yeah, I'm really too honest with this. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Yeah, and obviously you know, been doing recruitment for a very long time. When when did you start Impactive then? So I started Impactive in October 
2020. Mm -hmm. and the specific date was 27th. I'm not entirely sure from that. So in fact, it's been going now. I think even though we started in October, yeah. the plan was for I think me and you spoke off in November and December to be very much the let's get everything set up, prep for January, let's go in for, for the new year. So yeah. we didn't really start trade. Well, that's what I thought was going to happen. Um, and then a, a lot of us, as we're aware, recruitment changes and we've got quite yeah. a, a couple, of, couple of deals in. So it's been going now for what, um, around about nine, ten months, I think, nine yeah. properly. So it's, yeah, yeah, I think that's about right, yeah. Yeah, and obviously we'll get into to the journey. And I guess, you know, one of the questions I always like to kick off this is kind of talking about Impactive. And I guess for yourself, what, what does Impactive really mean to you then? Oh, it, it means it's, it's that class, classic sort of cliche of cheesiness way. It generally does mean so much to me. It's, mm -hmm. it's, Impactive is a vision that I've had for many, many years. Um, I think back when me and you spoke four years ago, I think it was, but, but many moons ago that, that they plan to do this, but impactive to me, it means more than just a business, more than just a recruitment company. Um, yeah. I've very, very emotionally attached to the work that I do, emotionally attached to the clients and the candidates that I work with as well. But impactive to me is, yeah, it's just, it's just a catalyst of what's hopefully going to be a new modern era um, recruitment organization, <laughs> which Hopefully, that's what we've And I think, you know, something that's so consistent in so many recruiters that start something for themselves is that emotional attachment to what they do. They're obviously incredibly passionate about what they do prior to starting up. And then the moment it becomes their own, obviously, they become even more passionate about it. And I guess that that transition to, from working for someone else and caring in the way that obviously you did to then moving to impacting, was that... Uh, was that emotionally quite a challenge to be so invested in it? Because obviously the roller coaster of recruitment is so up and down that I'm sure there are days that obviously it's incredibly challenging given the fact that you care so much about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it is, it is a different a different feel. Now, I'm not saying for the people I used to work for, I never cared because that's not true. Um, I think I did care of the the brand of myself as the recruiter that I wanted yeah. to be, I wanted to be known as. So I think that over the over the years of <clears throat> working with other organizations, working with some fantastic recruiters that I'm never gonna sit here and bad mouth anywhere. I think obviously you do get the odd lemons, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you get a lot of there's a lot of people that I've learned from and, and it's made me who I am today. And I think that emotional connection has always been there from in anything that I do so moving it into the impactive and with it being my own business is I mean as a recruiter we're trained as you're probably aware to say that whenever you work for someone else it's your business inside a business so you're going to be mm -hmm. having you're setting up a new market you're in charge of whatever market that you're doing and then it's kind of that's always stuck with me but then when you set up your own business it's I mean I don't look too bad to say it's nine months in but I've barely slept a lot of the all the nights because I'm just thinking of different ideas and yeah. ways that I can make things much better so but and 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 obviously were you aware of of how much emotion it would require and take of you I mean did, was your was your perception of how it was going to go similar to to how it's actually gone if that makes sense yeah yeah I think the the right answer would obviously be like I'd love to say yes. <laughs> yes, it was everything that I planned for. 
<laughs> but no, it, it, it wasn't. It was a lot more. I mean, for me, I've always touched upon then, I've always been an emotional guy. I think that in various positions, I've, I think I did a post on LinkedIn uh, about it where at the start of my career or early stages, I was kind of rejected for roles for saying that you, you're going to be too, you're too soft for recruitment. So you're too emotionally attached. You get, you get tied up into the candidate too much or the client too much. But yeah, for me, it's more of a, that's always what I've always been. So I, I know the emotion's always going to be there. And I, I try and show that through the post that I write and when I speak to yeah. people as well. Um, but I wasn't expecting it to take this much out of me. Literally, I think close family, friends, my girlfriend, uh, probably sick to death of hearing me just talk about active IT and talk about everything. But it, it is challenging. There is a lot of, like you said, in business, it takes a lot of, hard work but I think the emotion side it's it's definitely changed me more as a person in the past sort of nine ten months as when I was when I first started it yeah. I was expecting it to be emotionally challenging not as I didn't expect it to be this much and, it, and, and uh, I know it's probably quite a, a deep question for a but what has changed in your, your personality or yourself over the last 10 months that I think it's more of the I have, I've always tried to take the emotional attachment out of things. So yeah. I've always I've always been in certain situations where, for example, if a client doesn't take a candidate, even that candidate's absolutely dead set on that job, and I've got a bond with that candidate and the client, and then it's more of a taking the emotional attachment out of this is the reasons why they're not going forward for this. I think for me it's more of understanding when, and these are just hypotheticals, yeah. I'm just, out there but if a client doesn't want to work for impactive or doesn't want impactive to work for them being able to be a bit more resilient as opposed to what it used to be when i worked with an agency side so yeah. for me as a per I've ne i'll never change as a person i'm always going to be a happy emotionally attached with driven guy that's never going to change but i think there's little tweaks when you set up a business where you have to kind of take a step back and look at it from a business point of view as opposed to a yeah. personal point of view. So I think that's where I've changed a, a, a lot. And I think that's, that's uh, you know, to, to be nine, 10 months into a business and already have made that distinction is actually obviously very good. You know, I mean, uh, because of the emotional attachment that so many come to these things with and obviously continue through for, for not only months, but years, it, it's, it's incredibly hard to separate that business and yourself and I guess how did you do that I mean how, how did you separate yourself because I'm sure there were times where it was so intertwined that it was obviously really tough yeah yeah uh, my girlfriend yeah, <laughs> she used yeah. to tell me to stop thinking about it <laughs> put your phone down and give over but no it's it, it, it is incredibly tough I think for me like obviously we'll touch upon my journey and yes yeah you know my journey as well what we've gone through but it, it's just been able to to genuinely just try and switch off now mm -hmm. i think that's the thing because my head has been running 24 7 seven days a week there's different ideas that i've got for what i want this business to be where i want it to be and, and everything so it's it's been able to actually do you know what switch off even if it's for after a set a certain time in, the, in your calendar and obviously it always changes but being able to say yeah. right comes come seven o'clock my phone's going up, going away. It never does. It's always there. I'm always contactable. I'm not going to say that, but it's just having that. I think kind of maturity as well, Max. Yeah. You, you mature a lot as a person where 
if I looked at myself when I first started in recruitment, I think you were just a busy fool. You were burning yourself, burning the candle from both ends. You're, you're chasing after everything you put. You're obviously, hard work is always there, even is now, but it's just being a bit smarter in how you approach things. So for me, it's, it's knowing me, myself as a person as well. I think that's the main thing is through, through this journey of the past nine, 10 months is I've understood me a lot more as a person. Yeah. So I know that if I don't switch off, it's going to be a catalyst of events that's going to transpire in the... Well, it ends up being detrimental, doesn't it? And there's only so, exactly. so yeah. long that you can live that kind of dynamic. And again, I think I think there's, there's two things going on usually, isn't there? There's professionally having the confidence in that vehicle that just happens to be your own business, that it can afford, for want of a better phrase, you to step away at times. And also, personally, you feeling comfortable with it as well. And I guess, obviously, that goes to professional timings and personal times with all these things. I guess you mentioned prior that, obviously, you've been thinking about the idea of starting off on your own for quite some time before you actually did it. I guess, when did you first start thinking about it? And I guess, what were the what were the catalysts then for you to start exploring it or start thinking about it? Sorry. It were, I think it did start when... Uh, I noticed a good friend of mine set up, which I won't mention names, though, but I think you know who he is, Bernie. Uh, yeah. And it was the first time we had that conversation where it was, I mean, I've always had the plan of I was going to have my own business. I, I've, from, in recruitment I've, or just general? In, in general, just yeah. in general. I mean, when I, God, it's, I'll probably come back, if anyone's watching this, they'll come back and probably rip me for this one, but uh, it's, it, when I was 10, 11 years old, I set up my own car washing business around just around the streets where I um, I got some, basically got my mum to print me this, buy a load of ink for the printer, I printed yeah. off and it was my little car washing business where I'd do one car for three quid and two for a fiver, where I'd just go around, I posted it out there and it was more of a, I've always had the urge, I mean, I've, from 11 I had a paper round, so I've always been quite entrepreneurial where not quite the Bezos story, but for me it was uh, for yeah. Myself, yeah. It was doing the yeah, getting doing the stuff in that sense. So it's always been quite I've always had the image where my my dad lives in Texas and he's done very well for himself in mm-hmm. business of that mindset. And it's always you always hear little phrases where it's like you'll never you'll never earn as much money as you can working for somebody else, um, as opposed to doing it by yourself. Now, naturally there's arguments on either side, but Relating back to me wanting a business, I've always wanted to have that. Not as much be the the main guy, the leader, and everyone looks up to you sort of thing, but just being able to, for me, it was being just a decision maker. And basically, the reason I wanted, obviously, my own business and to move things forward is because I wanted to be able to have the freedom of and flexibility to kind of, it's, my way of doing things it's not somebody else's i'm not listening to what someone else can do so yeah. from a young age i've always thought and it's been drilled into me that money cash is king you need to have money to if you want to go out and you do holidays and lavish lifestyles or whatever it may be i mean yeah i'd love i, I love those things because because i do but at the same time yeah. i'm a tight yorkshire lad who goes to his local pub that costs two pounds a pint so I'd, anywhere else apart than that because fortune but but no having your own business has been a, a goal throughout my, my life and i didn't yeah. know what it was going to be and as you said well yeah. it recruitment is where it's and then over the years it kind of developed into professionally it feeling like the right time and i guess 
if you if you started Impactive in in October November of last year, when, when had you made the decision that you were going to do it? And I guess what was that period like since making the decision to then actually launching the business? How did you feel during that? Yeah, so so for me it was um, obviously I lost the my last position um, in September, and it was kind of in my head I was thinking this probably is the time. Mm. Um, but even then, I was thinking, I'm not sure yet. I, I want to I see what happens. So I did I did want to go down the internal route. So working internally for uh, an IT company or a, yeah. a, any company really to help them um, internally recruit because I've always been interested on the other side of the fence. Now you hear stories of basically agency workers going and working internal. And it's kind of a, it fascinated, fascinated me and at the same time I was thinking if I've got this agency experience and I get internal experience, naturally when I come to sell the business, I'll have a lot more yeah, yeah, experience yeah. where sell, well, not selling but um, understanding and it's an understanding. We've supported a couple yeah. of guys who have come from both sides of the fence, so yeah, to speak, and had so. both and yeah, it's that experience. Sorry, God. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, exactly. So I wanted that, but then um I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason. I got to a final of uh, an interview with a company and I was picked at the post and I looked at the people who was, who was competing against. I mean, obviously, we've just been this worldwide pandemic last year. We Everything was turned upside down. We, nobody knew what was going on. And a lot of people sadly lost their jobs, which for me at that time, I was competing against other internal recruiters who had... Yeah four, five years, six years, 10 years experience in, on internal recruitment. Now, it, it, I know it's not personally anything to do with me, but they naturally, I'd, I'd be the same position. I'd go for the internal candidate who's got the internal experience as opposed to someone like me. So, and then when I, I was having the chats with my girlfriend saying, if I don't get this internal job, do? what shall, shall we do it? Yeah, um, we weighed up the pros and cons, and it, as odd as it might sound, it was me making all the cons. I was about to say, me. what were the cons? And people often talk about weighing up the pros and the cons. That you know, the yeah. the pros are pretty clear in some respects, but what what, what were the cons for yourself then? The cons for me, I, I mean, naturally, barring all the normal ones where it's not a, um, a safety wage, you're not getting paid yeah. wage every single yeah. month. Yeah. cash flows obviously it it was the the fact that we had just gone through a pandemic and seeing what it was what like on an agency side and how there was just little to know no one was spending any money and rightfully so we, you know we didn't know what was going to happen and well that was the main thing thinking can can i actually do this can can i work now obviously with leaving an agency or leaving another company you, you do you have your covenants as well and i've stand by that and I appreciate that obviously these things were in place so I thought well the clients who I've worked with I can't go speak to them I can't do anything in itself so the cons for me was can can I do it um, yeah. but more the biggest con is probably myself I put myself I'm a devil's advocate saying no don't do it don't do it well the cons were the pandemic can we actually scale up quick enough yeah. what we want to do um do we have the right resources um, so, and I mean, just in terms of, can I get a website myself? Can I get, obviously, what am I going to do with the legal stuff? How long will it take for me to get to a position where 
right, I've got everything set up in the background. Let's yeah. start making money. Yeah. Let's start recruiting. Yeah. How much have I got saved in the bank? I, I know it's, it's questions, but with all the mortgages and bills, yeah. it's those things coming to consideration. And, it's, and for me, it's how much was my life going to change? That was my biggest kicker as we're very, very sort of family-driven person, friend-driven. Yeah. And I thought, how much is that going to take over my life? Because in the back of my head, every time I haven't had a job, I've been, I need to get a job now because I've got no more money coming in. I've got nothing yeah. coming in. Um, so they were really sort of the main cons. And you can understand then this, the, the, the security one, the financial security is always one that any recruiter, whoever they are, whatever they thought, however long they thought about it, is, you know, it's a very understandable and tangible hurdle and obstacle to have to overcome. How am I going to support myself for those first couple of months while naturally things bump up? And I guess, how did yeah. you, for want of a better phrase, make peace with that reality that, yeah, no, this is going to be a, a long, old slog to get you to where you want to go? How did you do it? Um, I mean, I've still got that now. <laughs> but <laughs> no, no, even if I'm deals with that, I've always had that. But it was more just, it was the backing behind me. It was having the confidence, thinking, you know what, you can do it. And, and the logistic side of it as well is thinking, well, let's look, what can we do to help support me? So what yeah. find, like, and I mean, on the term side where we can put in free replacements with his clients. So obviously the money's not getting called back, it'll help us set up. And then yeah. if a candidate left for obvious reasons, instead of having a rebate period, it's having free replacement, can we do something yeah. like that? For, for me to get over it, it was more of, I'll, I'll, I'll speak quite a lot about it. Again, my girlfriend just saying, yeah, yeah. you can do it. You've done it throughout your career. You've, I mean, I'll never sit here and tell you I'm the best recruiter that's ever been and ever will be, because um, I'm not. I'm, but it was, it's just more of, I've always struggled in some sense of, even though I'm a very confident chap, I've always struggled in the sense of backing myself on things or giving Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, she, yeah. she did push a lot of it through and if it was in short if it wasn't for her I think it would be a very different situation to and that's where your friends and family are so important in these yeah. types of conversations and I guess you know what what were there did, did anyone in your close circle have any objections to you doing it or were they all very supportive of what it was that you're looking to do yeah they're all supportive I mean that that's the thing I mean you've I've been on the other side of the fence of these where I'm sat watching someone else talk about and you think it's cliche, isn't it? Like just our friends and family were so, so supportive. Yeah. If it weren't for them, I wouldn't be where I was. And, and obviously, Isotone, oh, don't forget you guys. Uh, but no, it is Max, genuinely. It really is. It's the, I'm going to say, the, if, if it wasn't for them yeah. being so supportive, it is, it, it's a different, I mean, you've got to understand when you set up a business, it's not just, oh, set up a business, we start earning money. The day we set up and that's it where everything's hunky-dory it, yeah. it is you're not just it's a decision that's not just affecting you as a person it's affecting the others around you and your close-knit families uh, friends and like i alluded to at the start was one of the main cons was how much is my life going to change so mm -hmm. and for setting up with if, I, if it wasn't for the support of people i had a few people been like is it the right time? Pandemic, is it the right time sort of thing? Yeah. Genuinely, like yeah. it's not, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm saying, is the, can you actually get out there and do it? But yeah. 
and yeah. And how did the market react? You know, how, how did so so you know you you open up shop at the end of October? How did the market react to to what you did? I was literally thinking about this earlier. It was I've the amount of times I've had to put a thank you um, a, a thank you post on LinkedIn for the support that we've got. The market was it's just been phenomenal. It genuinely has been phenomenal. It's more in different ways. Really, I mean, the, the support that I've got from people, just even from liking posts on LinkedIn, the odd comment here and there, sharing my business and saying, "Look, this is Matt." I mean. I had somebody share a post the other day saying, you know, recruitment world full of sharks. Matt's a happy uh, happy uh, dolphin. <laughs> it was like, oh, love it. Uh, that was before, but fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I loved it. I, I love stuff like that. It's, it, the market has been, it's been great. It's, it's challenging, of course. Yeah. It's still challenging, but it's, it's picked back up a lot more since where we were in October. And and what's in what ways has it been challenging? Has it been challenging because of circumstances outside of your control, or is it be, has it been challenging because impacted? You know, if you are given to us, small business, unknown, starting up, you know, are, do they have a track record? All those very understandable objections that a client might have. Did you did you come up against that at all? Come up with that quite quite frequently at the start, yeah. and and rightfully so. If if I was recruiting for a client and they would just start it up. The first thing you'd worry about is how sustainable is this business? Are you, are you, are you going to be here in 12 months? Uh, I think the, the biggest goal for me as a small business was the only target was in the first year was literally, it's on my whiteboard, it says just survive, just survive, be here on October the 27th, 2021. That's what you want. And, uh, and that's the thing, so we've got a lot of challenges from that. Um, a lot of it was... Yeah, again, like, I'm not sure how can you compete against agency that's done it for 10 years, 15 years? How can you compete against this person? What what database have you got? Where, where, where do you where do you get your client uh, candidates from? And yeah. um, as opposed to what would what what do you do differently? So it's kind of the same objections you get working for an agency. However, I don't have a database of 500,000 candidates. Yeah. I don't have uh, been around for 20 years i don't have a an office space at the time i don't have whatever all these things so it's kind of finding i mean in the end of the day yeah that those, those pretty much were the main challenges yeah yeah and i think it's finding your your as clichés and that sounds your usps your differentiating factors that naturally obviously push you to do what you're doing and i guess what Obviously, you know, from Impactive, you know what makes you guys you. What what are your your things? That obviously, when you got a client objecting for for one reason or another, what are the things that you say do differentiate yourself from somebody else, perhaps doing it? Yeah, I think this is pure, purely my opinion, so I don't <laughs> want to have any other recruiters or saying this is that way. A lot of the times, I've I can't. That is it. The IT recruitment market is not the very flowered and loved market from the clients. I'll be honest with you. IT recruiters are not the the favourite people to receive phone calls from. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of I use the term cowboys in this industry, and as I mentioned, the other sharks as well. A lot of it, how it is, is for me. It's I'm not going to use all of the USPs in case anyone's watching and the stealing from me. But, but half of the time it is it is a 
when I'm speaking with a prospect or a new client or canvassing in, in some sense is that I'm just so open and honest and normal. And that for me is I've always been a firm believer that people buy from people. You, you can get gauged in the first three seconds whether this person's going to, you're not going to connect or you're not going to like them. And half of the time, it's just being able to understand, have a, understand what the person's looking for, why you, you're giving them a call, what are they going to get from a call immediately. Um, but from impactive, our point of view is that we, I use the term cowboys. Again, there's no cowboys. Well, I've never, half of the time I say to people, I don't want to sell you the spiel as much as you don't want to listen to it. Yeah. So it's just being upfront and honest in terms of building that relationship from the get-go and just, again, just be normal, normal about it. I mean, Impactive USPs are, we're very, my ideas that I've got for this agency is a lot bigger than just, putting bums on seats for people and yeah well, like, like, like everyone else's is but it's just finding something where i've experienced from the other side of the fence and i've worked with some great brilliant companies and i've worked with some bad companies as well and yeah. it's seeing both recruiters both sides of it and kind of formulating what you want but it's it's sort of understanding it's giving you that success that opportunity of that success from the start where if for argument's sake if I start preaching or trying to get down the route of, I would say, executive search by some some like aspect, I mean, I'm wearing a hat, jumper and joggers. I know, I know it's not dressed on your appearance or you should be judging on your appearance, but the way I do things is a lot differently. So am I going to be able to beat an executive search company to the post of when they're... Probably not. Can I beat them at recruiting? Yeah, I'd back myself against beating any, anyone at recruiting for any position. However, it's just being realistic. So it's knowing the target market where you understand what the market is that you're going for. And yeah. the, the USPs that you have a, as an organization appeal to that person or that client. And they, they can, you, you can connect pretty much simultaneously straight away. So... And, and I guess I guess seeing that develop over the last nine ten months must be you must feel incredibly proud to uh, you know in every interaction and that's one of the beauties you mentioned obviously one of the reasons why you looked to do it in the first place the autonomy the sense of control there's there must be also a sense of genuine pride as to to what you're doing as well and I guess was that part of the reason why you took the leap in the first place as well? Yeah, definitely. Hundred yeah. percent. That it was. I am. I'm a very, very humble, humble guy. And I hope that doesn't make me any less humble saying I'm a humble guy. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, I am proud of what, what we've done as a business so yeah. far. And so early on as well, I think that it's been, my journey's probably been a lot different to what other people's would have been setting up this business. But to see where we're, the, the caliber of the clients that we're working with and representing yeah. the, the candidates that, it, for me, it's more of a, yeah, you set up your own business for what reason? Because you want you want the autonomy, you want to earn yeah. more money, you want to yeah. do all those good things. But impactive and setting up a business means so much more to me than just the cash and just building things. And and it's having it's just being true to sort of yourself and, and who you are and what the business is and what you're doing for. And I'm a lot. I'm very proud because it's the business itself is a sort of a, a mirrored image of who I am as a person as well. Yeah. So it's honest, trustworthy, transparent. Um, and that that was the main thing for me. My concern at the start when I did it was um, 
Is it kind of not going to be, could I fall down the trap of this works, but it's not me. So let's do what's working because we're getting more money and so on. Right? So, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah thing but for me it's more the branding side of the image but that's what i'm most proud of i'm most proud of the, the feedback from the candidates and clients saying that it's what they yeah what they want to hear what they work with and i think you touched upon a, a really interesting point and and kind of presented it in a very nice way as well in terms of obviously everyone sets out to i think the ideal business for anyone in those early days is that it's a direct reflection of them that culturally it's them through and through and naturally, especially in the early days, because cash is king, as you were saying, there are certain things, obviously, that, you know, it doesn't matter how good the culture is, if the, if the money is not there, then obviously there is a an end point to these businesses at some point. So there are always times where you might have to do things that kind of aren't in keeping with culturally where you want it to go. And I think it's having that confidence to either say no or acknowledge that. And I guess were there, I'm sure they have, have there been points where you've, you know, said no to clients or perhaps done things in a slightly different way just to help you get to where you want to go i mean i'm sure there must have been challenges along the way for yourself yeah i think i've had to turn down quite a, a number of roles from clients which again is very very fortunate to be in the position to be offered these roles but at the time when i was doing the other job as well which i know we'll touch upon it was just having the time to do the jobs which i know that sounds really I don't it sounds so big headish and it's not being big headish. It's just I know me and I know if I put too much on, I'm not going to give the best yep. service to my clients or to my candidates. And I want to be there 100 percent all the way throughout. And if I've got multiple things ongoing at the time, it, it I've yeah, I mean, I've turned down stuff in in roles where primarily because of that, for me having my own time, I've wanted to say I've worked with so many yes men, but yeah. Yeah, I, of course I can find you a Python developer in Penzance for 20 grand a year. Of course I can. Who can't do that? Why are you other agencies not doing that? And it's just being able to, having that, I learned a long time ago, saying no is not always a bad thing. It's not always a negative. It's not always that you can't do that. It's being no probably gets you a lot, saying no will get you a lot more respect from your clients and your candidates because they know where they stand straight away. It's just being able to say, no, I can't find that, or I'm struggling with this, or just being upfront and honest. So we've, we've turned a few jobs away. I'm not, I'm not saying that hungry. So no, no, but, but, but enough to, to make but it obviously a thing. Enough, yeah. Enough to, to make it be a thing. And thankfully, the clients who we've said, I've said no to, I'm working with them now. And because they appreciate it, they understood, and they was the honest approach. There was, yeah, look, Matt, I appreciate you saying that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it must be at times, obviously, yeah, it's incredibly tough and there are so many things and obviously we'll talk about the, the journey in, in detail now, but it's, yeah, the overriding sense of, of, of pride attached to what you do, obviously, will pull you through those trickier times. And I guess the, the journey then, I mean, obviously everyone has their own unique journeys, but how, how has, I know it's a very open-ended question, but how has your journey been over the last 10 months, if you could kind of sum it up? Yeah, we're not allowed swear words in this podcast. You can we? do whatever. <laughs> it's been tough. Yeah, yeah, it's been. Um, it it has been ridiculously hard, like like really, really hard. And again, that's why it's kind of shown a side to me that I never knew I had. Like not it just the resilience side to it is. I mean, when I first started, I didn't have this 
by 20, 30, 40 grand in the sat there in the bank where yeah. it's like, no, it's fine. We've got however much we sat there, we can do it. Um, I was quite realistic in the fact that I think when we was planning, doing this planning and talking about when the first deal could be, I think I anticipated the first deal will probably come in March of this year, albeit we started in October. So I put five months thinking time to set up and everything. And it was this image that everyone's got of recruiters are, as soon as you do a deal, you're absolutely minted. It's not that you've got, you've got obviously start dates, um, notice periods of candidates to work from, payment terms of 30 days. And I was just being realistic and rebate periods of three months or, or however long, six months. Yeah. So the money sat there, but you can't touch it. So I was being realistic, thinking the cash I've got, I have to change my lifestyle, which again, one of the cons that I had. So already I know that was going to cause me a bit of stress because I wouldn't be able to do the things that I wanted to do. We were stuck in the middle of the pandemic. We couldn't go out and do anything anyway. So obviously mentally it was draining for everyone last year. And yeah, and it, the, yeah, the journey was ridiculously tough. But I mean, I made the decision early on, spoke with yourself about it, that I was going to take up a part-time job right? yeah. just to help just to help get some short-term cash in. Um, again, was big shout out to Amazon for <laughs> employing me to do that. It was a delivery job where I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Mondays. So again, that goes back to lifestyle change. Oh, I like yeah. going out on the weekends. I like being free on my weekends. My weekends had now gone. I didn't have a weekend. So I was like, right, when do I have time for me? I don't have any time for me. I'm working seven days a week. And then when do I have time to see and do things with my girlfriend? When do I have time to do things with as, uh, our dog that we just bought or see family or see friends, which we shouldn't do throughout, we shouldn't have done throughout lockdown, but bet a lot of money that a few people did meet up at the gates of the yeah. house. So the journey for me was very, being an emotionally attached person and emotionally driven yeah. was ridiculously tough for my mental welfare, my mental well-being, and also my relationships with the people around me. Um, and I don't think that's isolated. I, you know, I think if you were to, to be as, if every recruiter was to be as open as you have been about their journey, they say they say the same things. And I guess what they'd be really, if yeah. I was someone listening to this who could probably relate to what you're, you're talking about, you'd want to know, how how you've obviously got to the stage where you're at now how how did you get through it was it through just just talking to people was it through just keeping your head down and doing it was it a combination of well the business you know made money quicker than you thought it might so that helped yeah. I mean, how how did it how did it happen pretty much all everything that you've just said in that sense i think i speak a lot about things i'm very open um, yeah. sometimes a bit too open <laughs> but, um and now i speak it, it's a lot of hard work has gone into where we are today, like, and we're still nowhere near where I wanted to be, and we're not at this. I'm proud of where we are. We could always be a lot better, but a lot of hard work and sacrifice. I, I, you hear it so much from people who have, who have pushed forward and done well off, or, or made something. Where you have to give, you have to sacrifice. You sit there and you think, what really do you have to sacrifice? There's not much to sacrifice, really. Just, don't work for someone else and you, the hours that you're meant to be working for someone else, you work for you and you do yeah. whatever. But it, it, it's, for me, it was the, I, I spoke to a lot of people, a lot of soundboards, a lot of people that listened to the same things that I was saying. Um, 
again, my partner, she massively helped me helped me through a lot of things. She was the one that I can remember again being open. A couple of occasions that I just couldn't get out of bed. I just was literally that drained and that sort of demotivated, not from the business, but just from thinking, oh God, where's this light? I'm trying to find this light at the end of this tunnel. Yeah. Where is it? I need to get that. And then thankfully we did a couple of deals in December, which was way, way sooner, a couple more in Jan and Feb as well. Um and landed some very elusive good clients on a, an exclusive basis, which gave me that time to right here is when they come in and then yeah it, it, look as well max again you've, you've got to be lucky you make your own luck you i was very very lucky to have good people around me to yeah have good yeah and i think so so yeah so you start at the end of october make your first deal in in december how did, how did that feel oh it was mega <laughs> it was more of uh because i was thinking well no one else is getting the money. It's just me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, right. Yeah, I'm like, oh, actually. You got to do it again, like, and again, yeah, and again, like, again. Yeah, again, again. Keep doing this again. But it was, I think it felt, it was a lot more, it felt more to me because of the style and the sort of the methodology or ethos of what we do here at Impactive is that was the first trial run of what I wanted um, yeah. and what my plan and vision was for this business to do. And, Offer more to the candidates and clients than what traditional recruitment companies do. Yeah. And the fact that it worked was like it, the fact it worked. I was like, oh my god, this this, this could work. It's, it works. So, yeah, it felt amazing. Yeah, and, and you, you mentioned obviously the vision that you got. And I know you mentioned that a couple of times. So I'm sure we can delve into it now. I mean, what I know it's incredibly hard to project forward where this business might be in the next 12, 18, 24 months. But I guess. What would what would signify success for yourself over that couple of years in, in terms of impact, in terms of the size, in terms of what it's doing, in terms of how it's presented in the market? 100% customer service, literally. That is all, That is, for me, is the main, main thing, is having satisfaction from... I, I preach that recruitment is a customer service-led industry and somewhere down the line it's been forgotten. I mean, we've got to a point where you see a lot of people bashing recruiters on LinkedIn and a lot of people aren't, that's fine, whatever, or a bad review about this or something that, that wasn't a good experience. And that, again, customer experience, both on the client and the candidate side. I mean, the vision for me is, I mean, that's the beauty. The vision that I've got is I want it to be I want another 10, 20, 30 Matt Nicholsons around me who've got the same idea and the same growth yeah. and create this, genuinely create a business that is going to provide for, not just myself, but provide such a top quality service that they're not going to go elsewhere. And, and obviously, I'll never, if that ever happens, then bloody hell, Max, we'll be having a lot of different conversations. Yeah, that's going to be excellent, excellent. But yeah. That, but that's where hiring comes into it. And I think one of the biggest challenges, especially when you're, understandably so ambitious as yourself in terms of growing these things is culturally bringing bringing people into a business where culturally you're so clear on what this business stands for and what it represents it is a challenge because you care so much about it so how do you feel about the, the hiring process and how has that either been for yourself or how is that going to be for yourself because i'm sure that's obviously going to come with its own challenges yeah yeah absolutely i think it it, it, it excites me it's brilliant i mean it's just 
I mean, I, I hire people on a re regular basis. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's the yeah. job that I do. So, but it's the process has been it's been tough. I mean, the thing is, is we're, we're all sales salesmen, so it's fine. It's kind of cutting through the crap to find all the yeah. other stuff, and it's more finding people who are again another version of me or have mm -hmm. the same for me. I mean, it's like um. I'm a very, very driven and motivated individual, but I, I care so much for how I could do 10 deals and one person could drop out and say, I, I, I wasn't happy with the service you provided. And I can guarantee I would forget the 10 deals and focus so much on why have you had a bad experience because why I've done that. Obviously, I won't forget about the 10 deals. I'd be on the moon. I'd be happy for the clients and the candidates. But she goes without saying, but I'd focus so much on that. So this hiring process now, it's one, very humble to be in this position so quickly. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting. I mean, we've got, got a couple of people on who work for me. Um again now a bit sort of a contract freelance basis in that sense. Um, okay. Yeah. But then hiring some permanently, it's the process is going to be different. I think it's I think it's harder to find good recruiters these days than it is finding Java developers elite. <laughs> it is it's a similar topic. <laughs> well, no, no, it isn't. Yeah, and, and and I guess it's it is that cliche saying about always be looking. And I think you're absolutely right in terms of once the business is financially ready or capable of hiring, it is then just seeing it personally you're ready. Because ultimately, I think that the, the test of a, a good business at any stage is whether it's giving the individual and individuals within it what they really want from that vehicle. And obviously, that's going to change and going to develop for yourself. And I guess that's where, again, your girlfriend, you mentioned her a couple of times with these things. How's, how's the dynamic been? How's the last 10 months been for, for her? Because I'm sure that, you know, put a lot of stress personally on her because naturally, you know, you're you're so focused on that. But obviously there are other things in your life as well. Yeah. From a girlfriend, sorry, cut out. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's, she's probably hating it. Well, I know she's hated it. She's a lot of it because she's... Um, I think now she's seen the rewards. Now we've got the time back, and we're, yeah. we're going. But it it has put a lot of stress on our relationship, and we're naturally a strong strong unit as it is. Yeah. But it has caused a lot of stress, and she is probably. I mean, we got a puppy in November, I think it was, and we got him in January. That itself is a getting a puppy is really tough to bloody bring it up as well. It's constant getting your yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that I'm then working on this business for four or five days a week and then at Amazon for four days a week. It's and they're not having time to really do anything and have time to just do our thing I'm used to do. I think that that again was I will I'll be honest, I was very, very naive in that in that aspect of thinking it's not going to change that much. I knew it was going to change and it kind of contradicts what I've just preached about. But Never anyway, man, yes. Uh, yeah, I was thinking, it's not going to How's it going to? It's not going to get that back because the days I'm working from home, I'm going to be at home with you. So it's not like I'm going and having to work for a company in an yeah. office in Leeds or whatever. I'm, yeah. I'm here, but then it's the again the mindset of me switching off. So she's yeah, she struggled. Like she's got um, it has been tough for us both, but we're out of that end now. Yeah, she's had a couple of nice nice gifts from me. So. <laughs> Sorry for the last 10 months. No, but yeah, yeah no, I think, 
I mean, not, yeah, because because again, you know, it's something that, that we talk quite a lot on, on this podcast about in kind of the, the perception versus the reality of, of A, running something for yourself and just the practicalities of it, but also how how challenging or how different it is. And I think pre-starting, in hindsight, do you think you do you think you could have understood even more about what it was really going to be like? Or did you feel as equipped as you possibly could? And actually, the only way you're fully equipped is by going through it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today, first off, if it wasn't for you guys, genuinely. It is yeah. like that has been a massive, massive help and just taking so much off. But I think... I think I mean that's the thing, and that's the beauty of having your own business is it's different for everyone else. I could say it's one thing, and someone else could say it's another thing, and it's like, oh, well, that sounds brilliant. Actually, I never thought of that. But I think the perception that I had of this, having my own business was like, I mean, am I a millionaire yet? Why am I not a millionaire yet? I've got a business owner. I should be a millionaire. Why not? Something, <laughs> but no, I'm joking. That is more of a. It, I did have a good understanding and I was we were set up as much as I could be. Mm-hmm. But it's a bit, it's like anything. Like, I mean, like you, you're driving, for example, learning to drive. You learn to pass your test, then you learn to drive, in my opinion. So yeah. you're learning to do all the right things and change gear when you eat to everything. And then all of a sudden, that person that's been teaching you for three months or whatever is not there. Well, they're not there and you're driving by yourself. And it's the same with setting up a business, really. I think throughout my career, it's been, I've been learning to be a business owner. I've been preparing to become a business owner. So it's not just in the in the few months or the month or so when we were speaking. It was quite a quick turnaround in my, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my own situation. But I've been preparing for this moment to come. I've always wanted this moment to come. And then when you get there, it's like, Right, yeah, this is it now. This is it. But I was prepared as I could be, but you never ever ever No, and I think again, yeah, something that you touched upon that, that I'm sure any business owner, you know, whether they've been doing it for 15 years or five minutes will feel the same things. And you you are you are constantly learning. You are constantly learning. And I think being able to A understand that or sorry, A be aware of that and B be humble enough to kind of accept that obviously then sets agencies apart from from others of course it does and you know it's all that deferred gratification all of that and I think it's that's that's where these things really come to fruition and and I guess you know from from your side of things looking back at obviously the journey so far can you pinpoint I'm sure there are so many but can you pinpoint one of the proudest moments that you've had proudest moment I've had wow um Barring the first deal, I think that was the the one yeah. thing. Um, I think the the proudest thing is probably the reaction that I've got from the ideas that we've proposed for a business. Yeah. Um, I think and, and kind of being able to barring well, in fact, I'll tell you the proudest moment. I'll come back to that one is being a sponsor for my local dance team because I'm a dance player. Yeah. So we could be getting a shirts and everything, but no, I think. For me, it was just I've got so many ideas of how I think how I think recruitment should be, and I emphasize I because it's not a one size fits all. Everyone has different ideas, and I think it, and rightfully so is. But having that reaction from our contracting model, from the contractors yeah. that I worked, I, I did a lot of research from a lot of behind the scenes work, which no one sees is how much I'm, I'm getting genuinely going out and getting just research from 
clients from candidates. Yeah, yeah. What do you struggle with? What what what's your thoughts on this as an idea? And to the point where we've I've had conversations with people in very, very big, well-established businesses who have wanted to invest into our business as well and get this. Obviously, this is a really good idea. Let's run with this. Let's do it sort of thing. Um, so that for me is probably the proudest, proudest, one of the proudest moments. But as you said, there's so many for different reasons. Like another, yeah. another proud moment would be being able to genuinely tell like my friends and family that I have got my own business now. It's happening. We're yeah. doing this. And it feels different as well, doesn't it? It feels different having that conversation with someone on day one where, yeah, you have a business, but you don't, you don't have a business. Yeah, yeah. So then, you know, six months down the line, ten months down the line, we say no. You know, Impactive is 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 his own standalone business. Yeah, yeah. I just sat him to work for it, which is a kind of a dynamic that you mentioned at the beginning. You, you your ability to separate yourself and the business and know that they're two separate entities. And I think on a personal level, that's important, but also professionally, being able to do that is incredibly important because it does separate. Well, no, I just work for Impactive. Yeah, I happen to own that business. But yeah. I also work for it, so it, it demands a certain level from me. But also, one of the things that, that we we were talking about internally was that if you were employing a you, for example, and you know you were working every hour that, that God could give you and burning the candle at both ends, if you had a superstar employee there doing that, you would have a word with them and say that they need to recalibrate what they're doing. Um, and I think that that's a struggle that every business owner has because you don't recalibrate yourself that much. Well, no, I agree. I agree completely. And I think on that sense as well, it's being able to see when that's happening. I mean, good people don't leave for no reason. Like that, that, that's the thing it's keeping. And this is the ideas that I've got is when we get to a point is that I, I want people to be with me for the entirety of the journey. I, I, yeah. I don't want to be another agency that has a revolving door of staff members that come in and leave literally one's in one's out sort of thing is mm -hmm. oh, that, that's why I, i'm we are going to be very picky and as you can say impacted demands demands uh, a lot for me and a certain level and it's for me it's more of a probably people are going to hate saying this all the time, but it's more like if someone turned up and they're a million pound biller absolutely brilliant i'd love you on my team but if you're an absolute knob <laughs> No, it's you're not. I don't want that because the people who were like saying Patrick was such an image that everyone is going to be sort of a catalyst for who impacted are. They're going to be the talisman. They're going to talisman women. Talisman everything that they're going to be in terms of. Oh, we work for Impactive IT. It sets this is the standards. Yeah. I mean, we're not. We're never going to be. I'm never going to be formal. But as you just alluded to, then I think it's a very very valid point. That, I'm quite lucky to know some, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I think I know when I'm getting a bit tired, I'm burning the candle at both ends. Other people close to me argue the case that that happened over a couple of weeks before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? <laughs> um, but it's more of, it, it's for me, it's understanding the people that you work with. Like you mm -hmm. say, as a business owner yourself and, and my friends who have got the successful businesses, it's kind of having that understanding of the people you work for. So for me, I mean, I'm, we're not going, I'm not going to micromanage anyone. I've, we've got a lot of training and I've invested a lot of money into building this yeah. company. But I have so much emotional investment into people in terms of the fact that I can probably see when they're burning out, when they don't even realise. And we're going to be an agency where it's, if that ever comes to the case, 
they go home, they have they have a couple of days off and they literally will sit there and just recoup and yeah. get revalue everything in terms of right, maybe how can I do it differently? And you work with these people. So I think there is so many good recruiters out there who and probably I think you probably may have experienced this where they are just so emotionally and physically drained that they can't set up their own business because they're so tied up in terms of what they're currently doing where the goal was to set up their own business and i could be wrong here but no, no. the goal was to set up the business but they just think you know, i've done i've done so much work for i've done so i'm so i can't leave i can't i, can't, I don't have the motivation or the energy anymore to to do it myself sort of thing um, yeah and then the, i mean you see that all the time in terms of a on paper it makes complete sense that this individual should do this for themselves and they're saying all the right things but they're not then doing it so there must be a genuine yeah. reason for that and nine times out of ten um it is it is because com comfort for want of a better phrase but they're, they're very comfortable where they are and it takes a lot it does take a lot especially when you are comfortable and well looked after and you know the money is good obviously you you know because it's so black and white that of course the money would be better elsewhere in your own thing but you're perfectly comfortable there and i think that does crop up a question around kind of stability and security and, and something that i know you touched upon before and probably experienced i guess if you had a recruiter come to you and say okay i'm looking at starting something for myself is there more stability running something for myself as opposed to working for someone else hand on heart what would you say um is there more stability working with someone else as opposed to yourself? Um, good question. That's why I said <laughs> it, uh, it is a good question. Um, in my opinion, it's it's all, it, there's no right or wrong answer. It yeah. all depends mm -hmm. on the, it all depends on the situations. That not just that's not just your skill level as a recruiter, um, but also just you as a person, your maturity level. Um, your network size is that I know it sounds like bad in that sense. I'm not saying take all your current company's clients because then there'll be a big legal bill coming your way. But what I'd say is it's more of there's so many determining factors as to how stable it can be. In my in personal opinion, I think it's more stable working for yourself, yeah, genuinely. And I'm uh, and I think because you a lot of recruits could fall into the trap of becoming comfortable where. You're getting a lot of money every month. You don't really have to kind of do anything else. Like you're getting paid a good commission. You've got quite a few contract runners out. You're pretty stable, really. Yeah. Um, but for me, that could go at any split second because somebody else is in charge of that. Somebody else is in charge of paying you. Those things. Like that company could go bust. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They could have been losing a lot of money. But you, you yeah. as an individual, might have picked it up. But the teams down in London or in Manchester or in Sheffield or wherever could be absolutely hemorrhaging money to the point where it's a knock-on effect. Whereas when you do it for yourself, you know where you, I know where I stand financially, mentally, emotionally, everything. And I think the stability of running by yourself is you'll know when that point is when you think I need to start working a bit harder now because I've got nothing coming in for a couple of months. So I think I mean again, you're in charge of your own, own business, your own destiny. That's yeah, and then I guess that's where how you how you how you set the business up and how you run the business obviously allows for those peaks and troughs. So for example, obviously I know for yourself there's a contract and a perm offering to what impact it does. And I'm sure 
the peaks and troughs and the inevitability of perm recruitment is compensated and supported by that very steady, tough, but very steady contract arm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely, so, yeah. so, yeah, no, it's, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's so interesting. I mean, it really is. And, and I think, obviously, you've been so insightful around the whole journey as well and, and very honest about it. And I guess, again, another hypothetical question, but one I'm sure you've got um, 101 times. If, if, if a recruiter came to you saying, I wanted to start my own agency, what, what, what advice would you be giving them? Why have you done it yesterday? <laughs> really no the advice i give it i mean it's i i'm no guru i'm no recruitment guru i've done it for seven years i've been my business owner for nine months now i'm not saying i've been there seen all the hats that i will always be learning until i've learned you learn i'm firmly you learn something new every day but the advice i give is it'd be more of and this is again it's personally for me so this is going to be an emotional standpoint is how strong is that network around you how strong is forget money aside, skill set aside, network aside, how strong is that network around you? Because when you set up when you set up your own business, you have it's like a, a little switch clicks inside you where you everything that's part of that business you are there for you, everything you've got to be 100 percent Like, yeah, I work for Impact of IT, as you mentioned, but I just happen to be the founder, which is always a benefit. But so much changes personally in your life that you don't that you don't realise where it's more it's been having for me again having that strong network around you where how strong is that network how strong how if this happens is it going to be a detrimental effect to your relationship your um relationship personal relationship or relationship with your mum and dad or your family or whoever it may be what mm. what is going to change and because when push comes to shove i mean i'll be honest I, there's been no no i'm not sharing to admit it either those couple of times at the early stages right and then couple of hundred quid off my mum just to keep just to keep me going it was like literally thinking right not for the business but for me personally the business yeah, yeah. Role, fine but for me personally I was like I can't touch that I, that's their business wide I need to do something so it's been able to have that network around you so but the advice again is I mean we're nine months in now and the journey is just absolutely incredible literally <laughs> I couldn't have I couldn't have I'm very lucky to be sat in this position where we are now, being able to talk about all this. So. Yeah, and I think that's testament to you know, no, no one ever knows really the the, the graph for want of a better phrase yeah. that you've gone through, and, and obviously the, the the challenges that it's brought. But I guess if you're able to reflect and say, okay, do, I mean, are you when you set out and then kind of forecast the first twelve months, let's say, are, are you kind of on par with where you? think you thought you were going to be um again a lot of determining factors i think yeah. financially definitely yeah. if not a, a lot a lot further when i yeah. thought when i thought i'd be um the clients that we've got massively in front i've been by no means i'd, I'd never think i'd be where i'm meant to be where we are now and the potential we've got now in this a lot of time and you've got to remember max that i've 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 worked on this business essentially three days a week for the past seven months well that's the other thing isn't it and obviously you've only just you know kind of moved away from 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 that three day a week thing because of amazon and now now it's full steam ahead do do you feel i'm sure you do do you feel do you feel freer oh so much yeah Yeah. so I, i wake up on a saturday morning and i'm a bit like 
I do. <laughs> like, does somebody not want something delivered? Should I not be somewhere? <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's free in itself. Yeah, I mean, this is the first month now where I've I've had. This is the first fishing month. Well, yeah. well, I mean, like the the working hours were all right. Like, I mean, on the days that I worked at Amazon, I've, I've I had to be there for eleven, so I get up at six o'clock, which if anyone knows me. I can't get out of bed for life. <laughs> Just terrible. I'm such a can't get up. I struggle getting up. So I'd work six until probably about ten, really on the on the on impactive. Um, thankfully, there were Monday mornings and Fridays, which Monday mornings no one wants to take a call from the recruiter. So it was always good to set up and forecast for the week and get stuff in there. But yeah. no, I think so. It, God Almighty, man. I've, literally missed the weekends. I vowed I'd never work weekends again. And then obviously I've been working in for the past seven But months. it's phases, isn't it? It's phases yeah. of the business and, and, and it ebbs and it flows and it all change. And I guess, you know, again, thank you for being so open. I think anyone listening to this is, is going to appreciate how open and how humble you've been with it. Because you know what? Yeah, the economics aside, you know, if you if you sorry, if you looked at the economics of impactive, you would you would expect you to, to be a certain type of individual because obviously it, it's been so great but I'm, yeah. you know, being able to be as humble as you can I think is reflective of, of how how you've got to where it is and I guess the the final kind of question which is one that I always like to ask everyone about is that okay if you could, if you could go back to the start would you, would you do anything different um I mean not really I think it's more I'd probably tell myself Shit's about to get real, mate. Like, get ready for it. It's going to be an emotional, yet wonderful and elusive roller coaster. But no, I think it, it's now probably a good, a good time to bring up, like, you guys, in my opinion. I think it's uh, how much Isotope has done, how much you have been there for, like I said, not just uh, all the stuff like, I mean, you've helped me be able to do what I love doing, which is recruitment. Um, I talk about the stuff that. I've laughed some jokes with Laura about it when she's helping me with all my terms and legal stuff where um shamefully admit it, the half the time I just think, Laura, can you just look at this, please? Because I don't like doing my legal yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it, the setup and all the support he has, I mean, like from everyone from Jordan, Alan, yourself, yeah. naturally, everything, everyone of the team I haven't met yet, but having that there set up is such a massive massive thing so i would we wouldn't be where we are from yeah and 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 i guess that it's 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 the importance of partnerships isn't it wherever you get those partnerships from i think you know what it always is and it has always been so consistent is there's the as obvious as i know it sounds the personal partnerships to make sure that obviously you feel supported um from a personal point of view and then also the the professional ones that are going to offer you the logistical infrastructure to help you do it but then also have, have, have been on that journey 101 times before so yeah it's going to feel incredibly real to that individual but you know seen it so many times that you feel quite confident yeah. that you can help them do it so so no i mean no, I, I i appreciate your time I, you know i really do i think anyone listening to this will really appreciate it so to be honest matt thank you very much hopefully hopefully no problem max thank you so much for your time as well mate that's all right mate thank you Wow, what, what an episode. Um, you think after having such a, a fortunate enough experience of talking with so many recruitment business owners over the years, these conversations wouldn't 
be a surprise, but but they always are, and and this one was no different. This this was a conversation with a self-reflective, humble, honest, transparent, focused, and non-negotiably passionate recruiter who runs their own agency. And I think that there were so many takeaways from that, and I wanted to touch upon a handful before the end of this episode. I think that the first one was around his own self-awareness and and how important that self-awareness is when you're thinking about and running your own agency. No matter what stage you might find yourself, he, Matt, touched upon how important it is to, to manage your emotions when running your own agency. And that really makes complete sense. Running your own agency is an emotive thing, an emotive journey that can be at times overwhelming. And if you don't manage those emotions, then things can become seemingly out of control relatively quickly. And we spoke about how he has managed those emotions during his journey and how important having the right people around him has been in helping him do that. And I think that leads nicely onto the advice he gave about how best to start your own recruitment business. And Here, I don't really mean logistically, although Matt had his own insight into how he did it and how he would recommend doing it, but rather how important it is to try and separate yourself from your business and how by viewing the business as its own separate entity, an entity that you work for that, yeah, you just so happen to own, it allows you to make less emotional and more practical decisions for the business that ultimately will help it drive forward. We did also touch upon logistically how he managed to launch and run his own agency and the importance in his eyes of ensuring you had the right partnerships around you at really every stage of your journey. So whether that's from an accounting point of view, a legal and compliance perspective, from a marketing creative standpoint, a business support angle, or even the personal support required to run your own agency, Matt explained how important that support is to him and seemingly Every theme we spoke about came back to his support network, his rock, his partner in all of this, his girlfriend, uh, which I think further magnifies how there's one thing being professionally ready and professionally capable to start your own agency. There is another thing feeling personally ready and personally capable. So to close off this episode, I also wanted to just talk about a theme that we, we spoke about nearing the end of the discussion, and that was around stability. And the age-old question about whether there is more stability working for yourself or working for someone else. And as Matt rightfully pointed out, that there is no right answer to this, but I'm sure the answer Matt gave resonated with so many of you listening to this right now. And that the perceived comfort of employment, and I use that term loosely, of course, but the perceived comfort of employment can at times allow you to forget that in reality, someone else is in charge of your career which I thought was emotive yes but but pretty potent um yes running your own agency comes with its own unique and varied and variable challenges and and Matt was very open about that but the worry around stability that that isn't really one of them um so thank you for listening um, and, and tuning into another episode of the Recruitment Startup Subject. I'll, I'll see you next time. And obviously, if you've missed an episode, you can find us on all the, the usual outlets, your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, and of course, the Isotope website, where you'll see not only the podcast, but also videos and transcripts um, associated and attached to all the episodes so far.